righty. Uh, tonight, I just want to bring you a little message here, uh, and I've just entitled it, A Part of God's Plan. You know, God's got a plan for every single one of us, and the things that we go through, the things that's going on, it, a lot of this thing, God has a plan, and he has set up a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, this being close to Easter and uh, resurrection time, I just, I, I, I got something here I just kind of wanted to bring, but like I said, I just entitled it, it's all a part of God's plan. And a lot of people, we can't understand why certain things happen, what goes on in our lives, why it goes on. And many times we want to doubt God. God, why is this happening? You know, God doesn't mind, he doesn't mind us asking why, but he wants us to trust him. He wants us to uh, understand that he is in control he knows what's happening, and a lot of it, like I said, is part of God's plan for what is going to happen. And, uh, you know, there's many times Jesus mentioned to his disciples that he would die, that he would be killed by man, but he would rise from the dead. Now, see, the disciples had a hard time with this. They could not believe that, that Jesus would die. He had told them this a number of times. He had told them several times. But they could just never get it down in their heart. He can't die. He can't die. And Jesus was telling them that he would. You know, Jesus' crucifixion, it just left them kind of dumbfounded too because they couldn't understand. They didn't know what they was going to do without Jesus. And they weren't sure where they would go or what would happen to them. And then when they heard Jesus was, that, 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 and when they heard that Jesus had died and that he was alive, it came as a real surprise to them. What? You mean he's alive? And he had told them and told them. Look here in Mark's Gospel in Mark 8.31. Now this is what Jesus told the disciples that was going to happen. And uh, it said, and Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, by the chief priests, the scribes, and he said, and he must be killed. And then after three days, he would rise again. So Jesus had told them, he explained to them that he was going to be rejected that he was going to die, but he said, I'm going to tell you right now, on that third day, I will arise. I will come back to life. But, you know, the disciples couldn't get this in their minds. They said, how is this going to happen? What's going to work? That the crucifixion, they couldn't believe that this crucifixion was part of God's plan. It was part of God's plan for our salvation. And uh, they thought... How could something like this, of the crucifixion Jesus died, how could this be a good thing? They couldn't, they couldn't figure this out. How could all that suffering and that sacrifice of Jesus have any value to it? You know, and, and we have many people today say, well, why did he have to die? Why did he have to go to the cross? Because that was God's plan. Jesus was the only one that could do this. 
Jesus had to die. He had to shed his blood. He had to shed his blood for our redemption, for our forgiveness. He had to die so he could come back alive because we also one day will die. But just like Jesus, by our faith and our belief and our trust in him, we also will rise. And on that day that we die, we will arise that day. Our spirit will leave this body and go directly to heaven to be with God. The body's going to stay here, but the spirit won't. The Spirit will go directly to heaven. And then at the rapture, the Spirit will come back with Jesus. It will rejoin our body. That body and that Spirit will go to heaven. And on its way to heaven, it will get what they call the glorified body. And though it says that all who are still alive that believe, it says they will be caught away and caught up into the clouds with Jesus and forever be in heaven. Can you imagine if you're still alive when the rapture happens that you will not see death? You will automatically go in your body to heaven. But on your way to heaven something happens. You will, your body will change. You will get what they call a glorified body. And many people think man this is going to take forever. No. The Bible says it will happen in the blink or the twinkling of an eye. The twinkling of an eye is no more than nothing but a blink. That's how fast everything is going to take place. And that's how fast it's going to happen. And uh, we will be in heaven while all the tribulation and everything else is going on here on earth. You're not going to be here to go through it. You're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And uh, but then, yeah, but them, them disciples they couldn't understand this. They thought, you know, Jesus' death. You know, they said, how could this be a good thing? Because with Jesus' death, we were going to have eternal life because of his death and our faith in him. Jesus was telling him. Jesus was telling his disciples. He said, in other words, he said, don't worry about it. He says, I am in control. Do you realize that Jesus is still in control? God is still on the throne? That all of everything has been planned, and it's God's plan from the time that Jesus came to this earth as a human being, and even before. Je I mean, the, 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 the devil, the angels, and all that going against God, that was not a surprise to God. God knew it was going to happen. God knew what was going to take place in the garden. None of this was, was a surprise to God. God knew every bit of it was going to happen. And it was just part of God's plan. And, uh, but Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't worry about what you don't understand. He said, trust me, I am in control. He said, I know you don't understand when I say that I will suffer. He said, that's hard for you to understand, and I realize it. But I'm also telling you that I will rise again. See, that, that, this is part of the plan. I know what I'm doing, and I know what the outcome is going to be. Please, y'all, trust me. Just believe me when I tell you these things. <clears throat> and then in uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verse, verse 9, God kind of tells us something. He says, there's going to be a lot of things that happen and take place that you're not going to understand. You're not going to understand it. But, he's, but, but listen to what he says. Here in Isaiah 55, verse 9, he says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
God said, my ways are so much higher than your ways. My thoughts are so much higher than your thoughts. I know what's going to happen. And I have prepared for it, and I have tried to prepare you for it. Just put your faith and your trust in me and believe my word. When you read my word, believe my word and what it says. And uh, see, that's what Jesus was telling these disciples. But you know, he's telling us the same thing. He's telling us, trust me. When you're in my word and reading my word, believe that word with all your heart. Trust me, because I will not lie to you. I am telling you the truth about what is going to happen. And there's a lot of things as we get into the Bible, we get an explanation why a lot of things happened. And, uh, but there are times in our lives as Christians when we may not understand what God is doing. Many times that, that, that we're just not aware. You know, we, don't, we don't know why he's doing something, or we don't know why maybe God has allowed something to happen. How many of us have ever wondered, why did God allow that to happen? Why did that take place? Well, it was part of God's plan, because there's a reason for what God did. You know, or why did he allow these problems to come into my life? Have you ever questioned God on why he did something? We probably all have. Every one of us is probably, God, why did this happen? God, why did you do this? God had a reason for doing it. <clears throat> and uh, sometimes we'll even say, you know, why did you allow that tragedy to take place? We've all lost loved ones. God, why did you allow my loved one to pass on? Well, you know, if we look in God's Word, it tells us, for it is appointed unto man once to die. We all have an appointment. When that loved one passed on, it could very easily have been that time that God had appointed for that death to take place. And we don't know why. You know, it could have been maybe this person too could have been going to go through something very hard and very terrible. A very lengthy sickness or pain and agony. And God says, no. That person's coming home to be with me. Uh, there's a verse, or actually two of them. It's in Isaiah. David, would you put Isaiah 57, verse 1 and 2 on the screen? See, God kind of gives us a reason, too, sometimes why he does something. When we ask God why, and sometimes he does it for the person's own good. It says, this, is, this here is Isaiah uh, 57, verse 1. It says, The righteous perish, and no man lays it to heart, or thinks about it. And merciful men are taken away. Good men are taken away. No one considering that the righteous are taking away from the evil that is to come. God sees things that we don't see. God sees diseases out there. Now, God could do it. He could take care of it. But this may be the time for this person's appointment to come, to come home to God. So we just have to trust God that God knows what he's doing. And uh, verse 2, it says, And he shall enter into peace. When, I, when Judy Wilson texts me today about her father, 
I, I kind of told her this right here on verse 2. He said, and he shall enter into peace. He's not going to go through all that heart failure and that stroke and everything. He's at peace now. He's going home to be with his heavenly father. And they shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. Sometimes God removes us from the evil that is to come. It's so much easier for God to say, just come on home. You're my child. I'm going to bring you home. I'm not going to let you go through all that heartache, that pain, that sickness. You're coming home. And God could have cured it. But this too, like I said, could have been that moment that God says, this is your appointed time. We, every single one of us will have an appointed time with God if the rapture does not take place first. That's the only thing that's going to keep you from dying. If the rapture takes place and God comes back and takes his church out of here and back to heaven, you will not see death. Otherwise, you will die. It's just the way it is. And God says, I have an appointed time. You know, God says, I know the day of your birth and I know the day of your death. I know the number of hairs on your head. See, God knows everything about us. He knows what's coming. He knows what we're going to go through. He knows the heartaches. He knows the trials and the troubles. But he said, fear not, for I am with you. I'm going to, take, I'm going to walk through it with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God's with us when we go through so many things. Remember, Lazarus and Luke over there, he, he, he was a beggar. And a rich man died. But he said that, that the beggar died. And he said, and the angels came and escorted him to heaven. Angels came and escorted the beggar to heaven. He said the rich man died. He went to hell. That's all he said. But that poor beggar that loved the Lord and knew the Lord died and said, and God, angel, escorted him to Abraham's bosom. Escorted him back to heaven. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I feel no evil for thou, who, what? For thou art with me. You don't go through death alone. It's what David is saying. For thou, the Spirit of God is there escorting you back to heaven. That's how much God loves us. And sometimes we don't understand this or we don't, you know, see all this. But uh, sometimes it's hard to know why things happen. But we just have to, again, it comes to the point, how much do you trust God? How much do you trust God? Do you trust God in looking after you? You know, I know daily, I pray for my family. I pray for this church. I pray for you. I pray for my grandchildren. I hope each one of y'all are praying for your grandchildren. And I pray that God's hedge of protection will be put around them. That he'll watch over them. Because in this world we're living in right now, this is a very, very terrible and hard time for kids to go through. The things they're exposed to, even in the schools, the things that these kids are exposed to. I just ask God, put your hedge of protection around my grandchildren. Of course, my grandchildren, I got a granddaughter in college. My grandson is out of school, but he's still out in this world. He still has to go through things. He's still, he's still tempted to do things. And I just pray that God's hand will be on him.
that he'll walk him through temptation and that he will turn from temptation and walk away from it. One time that's the best way to avoid temptation. When temptation comes, best thing you can do is turn around and walk the other way. You know what your limitations are. You know what tempts you. And when these things start coming against you, just say, hold right there. No more. And just leave that area. Don't let the temptation just stand there and just keep agging at you to tell you, come on, come on, leave it, go. You know, like I said, sometimes it's hard to know why things happen. But Jesus is telling us, I am in control. I know what I'm doing. I'm in control. And sometimes we wonder, who's in control? Well, Jesus, I am in control. I know what's happening. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, every Christian should know it is... Whatever Christian... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> whatever Christian should know is that whenever you give up, whatever you give up to follow Jesus, you know... I, I thought I had gave, given up a lot of things when I was in the world. Boy, and that, that's what kept me from coming to God sooner than I did. Well, I don't want to give this up, or I don't want to give this up. Finally, it hit me, hey, there is nothing in this world that's more important than God. And whatever you had to give up, I guarantee you, God will replace it with more than you gave up. You won't miss what you got. You gave up. You know, I don't miss the things that I, my, I had to give up friends because I knew that if I didn't, I'd, I'd, I'd have a problem because of the way their lifestyle was. I'd come out of that, and I said, I don't want to go back there. So I, sometimes you have to give up friends in order to walk with God because they're not going to walk with God. And they're going to try to tempt you to go their way instead of God's way. So sometimes you just have to say no. But, it, but you know, Jesus will, be, will, will more than make up to you in this life and the life to come as to what you gave up. Just like what you've got looking forward to now. You're walking with God. You've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're looking at eternal life. You're looking at heaven. You're looking at everything so good and so wonderful. You didn't have that until you walked away from the world and said yes to Jesus. You didn't have it. So in other words, we just have to put our trust and our faith in Jesus because truly, he is in control of everything. There are things that uh, happen, and we don't understand, but Jesus knows why. And you know, someday, you'll know why. When you get to heaven, you know what? I've heard people say, boy, when I get to heaven, the first thing I'm going to do is ask Jesus so-and-so and so-and-so. You know, I think sometimes when we get to heaven, we're going to be so overjoyed just to get to heaven, we're not even going to remember what it was we wanted to ask Jesus. Why did you do this, Jesus? We'll probably say, Lord, thank you for doing that. You know, I can sit right here right now and tell you, thank you, Lord, for removing me out of this world and accepting me as your child. Thank you for calling me. 
Thank you for letting me come to you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. If we just look at all the things that Jesus gave us and know that he's in total and complete control over everything. You know, sometimes it doesn't make no difference what happens because we know that Jesus knows what's going on. Sure, you're going to wonder about it sometimes. But I, I, put, I got four scriptures, and then I'm through. But it, it ties in here with we must, we have to trust Jesus and believe in him and put our faith in him. And this is one we use quite a bit. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And in all ways, acknowledge Christ, and he will direct your paths. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares or all your worries, worries upon Jesus, for he cares for you. He says, bring your burdens to me. Let me care them. Let me take care of them. Give them to me. Don't you worry about them. You are my child, and I want to take them off of you. I don't want you worrying about them, thinking about them. Cast them on to me, and I'll take them. How many of us just really go to Jesus and really give him our worries and our cares? Probably we try to, but we probably won't take a lot of them back. Say, well, Lord, I don't know if you can handle all these. Maybe I need to take some of them back. Maybe I need to take care of some of them. Believe me, Jesus can handle them. He can take care of them. He does not need our help. He just needs your faith that he can do it. And... Uh, here in Psalms 34:19, and I think we can all probably testify to this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We constantly, because of an enemy we got, that's going to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour, he's after us. And he is constantly tempting us, coming against us. He's constantly bringing afflictions upon us. But he says, the Lord delivers us out of them all. And you know, just like we go to 1 John 1, 9, he says, if we will come before the Lord and confess our sins with our heart and believe, he says, that Jesus is, is, is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. If we come to him and we truly give him our sins and tell him to ask him for forgiveness and we mean it in our heart, he says, I'll forgive you. And this last one here, and I think this is something we all need to do. He says, be still and know that I am God. Quit your hustling and bustling, running around, going here and going there. Just be still, come to me knowing that I am God, and nothing is impossible for me to do. We have to put our faith and our trust in God. And then God says, I shall be exalted among the heathen. God is going to be exalted among all the evil in this world. He's going to overpower it on our behalf and deliver us from the evil that is to come.
and I will be exalted in the earth. You know, the Bible says over Philippians, for someday every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Do y'all realize even Satan and the demons are going to kneel before God and confess, Jesus, you are God. The whole world is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. He is God. Well, I'm confessing him right now. That he is my Lord, he is my God, and it is him I shall serve. And just kind of like over in Joshua, he says, I don't know about you, but as far as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You do what you want to do, but we're going to serve God. I hope you all feel that way. I hope your household is serving God. And I, I really feel like it is. Or you wouldn't be here. You see too many empty seats here, not hardly anybody here. But I know that there's some reasons that some people can't be. But when you see the faithful few show up, you know that God is here too. Where two or more are gathered, God's presence is there too. So you can imagine, you can believe that God is here right now. He hears your prayers. He knows what you need. And he's ready to meet those needs. If you'll just put your trust and your faith in him. And we've all got needs. I didn't say wants. I said needs. We all have wants too. But God says, I will meet your needs. Too many of us want something that we really don't need. But he said, I will take care of your needs. So there's a lot of things we don't understand, and it all comes down to that one scripture that I said first thing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, and then in all your ways acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. I'll show you which way to walk. I'll show you what to do. I will guide you. I will set a path before you, and you walk in that path, and my hand shall be upon you. So just trust God. Put Him first. Put Him over the world. Everything that can come against you. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like speak to your mountain. Sometimes you have to speak to that enemy. Enemy, I'm rebuking, I'm rebuking you right now in the name of Jesus. You depart and you get out of here. For it says, if I have the faith that of a mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible for me to do. That's what God's looking for is that mustard seed faith. In other words, you know, a mustard seed is the smallest seed there is. But it says it grows into one of the largest trees that there is. Is your faith growing? Or is it kind of sitting still? If it's not growing, get into the Word of God and God will fertilize it. He'll make it grow. And it'll grow so big and so strong. And you'll see your life change like you never thought it would. Because of faith in him and what he can do. But anyway, that's what I wanted to bring you tonight. Just 
put your faith and your trust in God, no matter what comes against you, God says, I am in control, and I can take care of it. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, for Lord, for, for being our Father, for being our Lord, our God. Lord, thank you for your promises and what you tell us, Lord. For, Lord, we know your word is true. And what you have said to us and told us, Lord, we know shall come to pass. And, Lord, we're thanking you right now for your hedge of protection around this church, for the people that are here tonight, and your hedge of protection over their family. Lord, just protect us, walk with us, and keep us safe. Lord, I know there's a number that couldn't be here tonight, but, Lord, I'm asking you to put your hedge of protection around them also. And, Lord, bless them. And, Lord, just get them back in your house on Wednesday, Lord as well as Sunday. And Lord, may we come together as a church, worshiping you, loving you, and serving you. So Lord, as we come into Easter Sunday this week, just pray, Lord, that, you're, that, you're, that, that you will be here. I know you will. And Lord, that you will bless our church. Maybe somebody will be here that hadn't been here before. Lord, may they hear your word, believe, and say yes to you to be their Lord and Savior. So, Lord, thank you for all you do and the things you're going to do in our life and in this church. Praise you, Lord, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.